Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, Mass fans, to another exciting edition of MassCast. My name is Jason, and we thank you for joining us. As always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, the Mr. Spock to my Captain Kirk, Mr. Wyatt. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Captain Kirk. Let's go to War Factor 4. Okay. Uh, I don't know. That might be a little too fast. But, uh, <laughs> we're going to try to buzz through this as fast as we can because we have a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, first, we want to quickly thank Bill Ferris of MattTracker.com for stopping by for episode number nine. That was a real fun interview and, and to talk with him. Yes, thank you, Bill. That was an awesome episode to, to chat about and to learn more about uh, your website as well as finding out that we were actually kind of neighbors uh, while I was stationed up there in New Jersey. It was kind of kind of odd, but cool to find that out. Yeah, it was great to have him on the show and to hear how uh, matttracker.com has evolved over the years. And I uh, also want to mention briefly that April has been a great month for the blog. We've had the most page views ever. We're over 3,100 just for this month, and we got about four days left. So we thank you, everybody, for stopping by and checking out everything we have on the blog yes thank you everyone so you ready to talk some rotex i am ready to start the mass cat episode of the Rotex unfolds, we open the scene with Matt, Scott, and T-Bob all going, going uh, having a, looks like a father-son time at a campground. Scott is trying out a, his new bird collar, which has attracted a flock of cardinals atop of T-Bob. Matt is impressed with his skill set. He shares his news with his dad, Matt, as he's barbecuing hot dogs, and I kind of thought it was comical of Matt to be really lounging around barbecuing. Do you notice how he's sitting in a lawn chair casually yes. barbecuing their hot dogs? I thought that was kind of comical. Yeah, hard to picture Matt kind of relaxing as he's always the leader and the one that's you know kind of first out of the gate when they're going after Venom. Right. But I guess he needs a vacation too sometimes. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right after a small joke, T-Bob jumps up abruptly that he and he shouts that something bit him something bit me something bit me you're a machine t-bot nothing can bite you wait a second scott look at this hmm, that's strange you're telling me let's get out of here we may not be able to 
Scott replies that he can't be bitten. He's a robot. But then T-Bob all of a sudden lifts his leg, and we see that half his foot is eaten away. This really intrigues Matt, and you know T-Bob is very anxious. He wants to get out of this area rapidly, and, and we see that kind of throughout the episode where T-Bob is just anxious, and he just absolutely hates what we'll learn to see the, uh, the Rotex. Scott then spots the camper being dismantled. And T-Bob is like, let's get out of here. And Scott says, well, we might not be able to. As the camper starts to fall apart, uh, Matt hops in. He tries to call Buddy on the radio while the thing is falling apart. The radio, like, falls apart while he's trying to talk. And T-Bob comically transforms and says, I'm out of here. He's gone. Which I thought was pretty cool, actually, for him. He just... I've never seen a robot anyway, but the character that they put into this, that he is just absolutely fearful of these bugs. Is, I actually liked it. Some people might overanalyze it, but I actually liked that little... I did, too. He He's just, like, totally freaking out right. that he's going to be, like, eaten alive by these bugs. And, of course, we've talked about T-Bob having kind of emotions before, experiencing pain and you know, feelings and all that, but uh, I, I like it. I thought it was good for this episode. So they cut back to Boulder Hill, and Matt is on the mask computer with Dwayne at the PNA. They decided to call in some help on this one, and appropriately so, as the Rotex were developed by the military as a weapon to drop behind enemy lines. And uh, Dwayne tells them that there's a military camp near Matt's camping location and that a colony of these Rotex have gone missing. And then they plug in the plot line that they're due to multiply in 12 hours. And Matt says, well, Mask will get in the pest extermination business. Right. So Matt calls the team in. This time we get uh, Brad Turner and Alex and Bruce, Hondo and Buddy. They meet in the Situation Room. And I like how Brad, he's kind of, I don't know, just kind of since last week where he was you know, down with Gloria getting hurt and stuff. He's kind of taken, uh, I don't know, almost like an opposing position to what Matt is doing. And he says, uh, you got us, you know, all together to chase bugs? Are you kidding me? You called us together to go chasing bugs? The Rotex aren't just bugs. They were developed as a military weapon, something that could be released to destroy enemy equipment. This is no joke. I should say not. That's why we're bringing these plastic boxes along to contain them. Right, and, and uh, I, I thought that was kind of interesting that, you know, for cartoons, especially in the 80s, there was rarely any follow-through or follow-on from the previous episode. It was a whole brand-new episode. There was barely anything that flowed from the last one, but I liked how, like you said, that they integrated kind of uh, the upset mood that Brad was in and then kind of kept it going this week with Brad thinking... You know what? We're we're kind of like he's almost complaining that he's there. You right, know? <laughs> right. So they uh, show the uh, energizing mask scenes this week, which they had skipped last week to get right into the story. Um, so we get them energizing the mask. They roll out and go back to the campground. And uh, this time, instead of Matt deciphering Bruce's little sayings, it's Hondo. Uh, when they get there, and Hondo makes a wisecrack. I almost understood that. Hungry little devils, weren't they? When the small are many, they are stronger than the strongest. Hey, Bruce, I almost understood that. (laughs) 
must be something wrong with me. Matt tells him to split up and look for the Rotex. And Alex, he talks with Hondo in uh, Rhino's control room. Uh, which I thought was really cool as they're going down the road, you actually see, you know, Alex talking in Rhino's computer control room there. Right, uh, kind of to coincide with that, you have Hondo, which doesn't seem to be thrilled about the adventure either. He's actually kind of jokingly saying, here, buggy buggy, I have a nice piece yeah. of aluminum <laughs> for you. Buddy, right. Buddy kind of agrees and says that he feels like a fool looking for bugs. Yeah, buggy buggy buggy. I got a nice piece of aluminum for you. I'm starting to feel like a fool doing this. Now, now, gentlemen. Don't underestimate our adversaries. I can assure you that this mission is as important as others we've undertaken. I think you'll find. And that's yeah. what Alex, while traveling in Rhino's command center, is kind of eavesdropping and, you know, corrects them right on the spot. And I, I like that because, that, that to me, it's like they're truly being a team almost almost like a military outfit where he's he's just educating them on on hey you never know what your adversaries are really gonna be like so i i i, I like that little uh, correctional yeah discipline if you want to call it that he's almost the father of the of the team right in, in sorts but uh so he's talking while he's talking it looks like rhino hits a bump in the road uh alex and Bruce pop out and realize the axle is broken, the front axle, and Bruce says it's eaten through. So obviously they find their Rotex they were searching for. Hondo and Matt, they steer their vehicles toward Rhino. Thunderhawk takes to the air, and then it starts to sputter, and he's got to bring it in abruptly, and Matt sees the Rotex on the dash, and he's starting to collect them in these plastic boxes that Alex has provided to contain the bugs in. And then uh, Hondo makes his way, like Matt, and Rotex end up chewing off the axle on Firecracker, which puts him out of control, and then they end up crashing into a river. It's actually the steering column they go after yeah. inside. Yeah. He's like holding the steering wheel and can't do anything about it and go right into their stream. Come here, you, you metal choppers. So uh, after a brief discussion and kind of a bug lesson that Alex puts together, uh, Alex seeks to learn more about the Rotex and to find the rest of the colony. And this is actually the first time we get to see Rhino's uh, tandem cars, what Jason and I have been calling it. Uh, yes. Get, you know, actually used, detached from Rhino, and they go out and kind of use it as a makeshift car. Uh, and they end up finding the colony. Alex marks a square, and then Hondo uses blaster to cut into the ground, kind of cut the square shape that uh, Alex had marked off. And then Bruce uses lifter and ends up pulling out a like a big connex or a little uh, container. And they end up finding out that it's uh, another colony of these bugs, but it, it's never been cracked open. You know, they're they're undisturbed. Right. Alex figures somebody had buried them there, and uh, I thought that that scene was kind of funny. It, it kind of brought to my mind that 
they almost seemed a little bit lazy that they used the masks to dig down and, and to get the stuff. But I guess if I had those powers in my masks, I wouldn't be uh, breaking out a shovel to start digging. Exactly. Just, I'm going to use the tools <laughs> of my the specialties of my trade. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, yeah, I was glad to see the fifth wheel uh, car or the tandem, tandem car we've been talking about. And it's a shame that this is uh, episode eight. It's taken them this long to use it, and they almost use it kind of just as a as a spare almost. Um, but I'm glad that they showed Bruce how he backed it out and hopped on, and Alex hopped on the back to right. go uh, pull the colony up. Well, as they pull up the colony, they hear switchblade overhead. So uh, here comes Miles. He sees mask. We got the uh, Viper mask going on inside the cockpit there, which was pretty cool. Um, he shoots a missile, and of course, uh, Hondo is there to use Blaster and destroy it before it gets to them. And Matt tells everybody to hightail it into the woods. And this is another first. We get to see Firecracker's motorcycle. Right. And uh, Buddy is on there, and Hondo jumps on the back of the motorcycle with... Uh, firecracker being in the drink matt follows right behind him and uh bruce and alex leave on the tandem car to uh get into the woods and they kind of leave the the colony box behind there with the rotex just to since they don't have any vehicles it seems like to defend themselves they want to get out of harm's way back for more Right after we see the hologram do its thing, Condor shoots that switchblade, and then Miles commands Venom to take out Mask, and we see Piranha actually take out the main rotor on Condor, which sends Brad spinning out of control, but he ends up landing safely on the ground, but it, you know, of course it's two vehicles in one, so he's still able to use it as a, as a motorbike, right. and uh, as he's being chased, uh, Matt has Bruce give Brad some help by sending him a smoke grenade. We see that launch out of the tandem car at Piranha. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that, that they thought of weapons for their little midget car. <laughs> and uh, right. Brad, you know, gets back to the group. We see the laser blast from Jackhammer. Mac jumps in Thunderhawk and launches a couple laser blasts uh, from the wingtips of Thunderhawk. Knocks a tree down and in front of Jackhammer, and they kind of leave or get uh, thwarted for the moment. But that's kind of odd. Matt states the obvious that it won't be easy since their vehicles are all taken out. Yeah, and we'll talk about it in a, in a little while, but Matt's kind of attitude throughout this this episode was kind of surprising at points. I mean, when Jackhammer shows up there firing, Matt's like, no, what? You know? Right. And, uh, yeah, he he's kind of... Like he's weary. He's like he's, like he's tired of yeah. fighting Venom, especially in this episode. He's like... Wow, we're getting hit by every angle. We got the Rotex, <laughs> we got Venom. What else can go wrong? Right. Well, it, and I guess with your vehicles kind of being jacked up from the bugs, it's 
you'd be kind of on edge, <laughs> edge too. You know, what what more can go wrong today? Right. Kind of a mentality. So I guess I can see that now that we talk it through that uh, it, that attitude is is kind of I'm just having a bad day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the road techs come back. They start eating the fifth wheel buggy and Condor at this point. And Matt quickly sweeps the Rotex into a container. This is a cool part. And then he tosses it up in the air. Bruce uses Lifter to throw the box of Rotex back at Jackhammer and Piranha. Hey, Mayhem, I think we really got him this time. So I see. All right. They want the Rotex? We'll give you the Rotex. Bruce? Here, Bruce. Lifter, on. I thought that was a great part. Especially, Miles, uh, especially when Rax, you know, can't help himself and says, "It's a, it's a bug bomb." Like yeah. that was hilarious. And right after that, yeah. I loved Rax the rest of this episode. After that, because he was, yeah. he had the phobia. I thought he was just about as scared as T Bob. Yeah, it was funny to see kind of them on both sides. You had T-Bob on one and, and Rax kind of freaking out on the other right. side. Not the uh, not the bug person. But uh, so Miles lands Switchblade and he activates the signal that attracts the bugs back to him. And uh, so they start marching and flying towards Miles and they load up into this uh, container. And then Switchblade takes off with the Rotex. And we realized this from Matt that it's about four hours left until they multiply. Listen up, you guys. Here's the situation. The Rotex are going to multiply in less than four hours. When that happens, Venom will have millions of them. And he can control them with that device of his. Right. We've got to stop them. Bruce, what can you put together with the equipment we've got left? Pogo stick? Come on. I need Thunderhawk, Bruce. You can do it. Switchblade is taking them back to... Uh, military base to, I guess, be safe or whatever. Right, and then, and then here's uh, where the mass team kind of huddles up. I kind of thought it was kind of comical. You can see, still see the tension uh, or even dismay that Matt has. Yes. When he says, Bruce, what do we have left? And Bruce just jokes right back, pogo stick? Yeah, what can you do with the what we got left? Right. Yeah, I'll, and Matt, I'll make a pogo stick for you. <laughs> and Matt is just seriously not joking. Uh, in fact, he actually just wants... Thunderhawk to be operational, which yeah. I, I kind of took it both in two different ways. I took it one, okay, it's the aerial assault vehicle. It's probably the only one that's kind of left hole right. that they could use. But at the same time, I'm like, really? Are you that? It sounds like me, really, with cars. Like, <laughs> he's that sentimental over to Thunderhawk. He wants to get, yeah. get his baby up and running. Exactly. So there's a quick... Uh Cut back to Scott and T-Bob with uh, T-Bob hiding in the toy chest this time. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they quickly cut back to Rhino. Alex is trying to get the Rotec frequency but to kind of control them. But right now he has none to study. So uh, Bruce, uh, we get, then we cut back to Bruce working on Thunderhawk. Venom leaves with the Rotex. Then we hear Miles say that he left the Rotex with a spy at the lab, which I thought was interesting right. that they have like an inside man in this, you know, military base really at the lab there. 
And of course, Rick Rax, he chimes in, grumbling about those stupid bugs again. And then uh, Alex, with not any Rotex to, to test the frequency, he kind of loads up Spectrum with a bunch of different frequencies. Right. And uh, what yeah. I liked a little bit, as they're trying to put Thunderhawk back together, you know, Matt is trying to get a status, and Honda jokes kind of in a serious tone. What Bruce is doing is he's going to get it to fly or blow us all up. Yeah. How's Bruce doing with Thunderhawk? Well, Matt, he's either going to get it to fly or blow us all up. A lot of good one-liners in this uh, it was, episode. It was. This was a good, good episode. But anyway. This is where we get the uh, lifter slingshot, as I'd like to call it. That's a good one, because I was trying to come up with a good quip for that one. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. He spun him around, and then, bloop, he was up in the air, and they're all cheering. Jump starts Thunderhawk. That's right. Yeah. I like that. All right. Start it, Bruce. Lift up. On. We, we did, did it. it! We, we did, did it! As Matt's up in the air, he launches a little missile from Thunderhawk, and it ends up landing on Jackhammer, but it doesn't explode. Rather, it engages like a jet engine, like like suction cups or something yeah. To Jackhammer engages a th- uh, rocket, and here here's poor old Dagger right in for the ride of his life. <laughs> just going, he just went to super pursuit mode. Hey, Knight Rider rules. <laughs> anyway, Verona uh, begins firing at Thunderhawk and nearly hits Switchblade in the process. Yes. And then Matt engages Spectrum to get the Rotex attention, and that's when we find out that nothing's really happening, but we see some awesome. Uh, aerobatics between Switchblade and Thunderhawk, going through that little ravine there, and kind of in between uh, two hillsides, mountainsides, whatever you want to call it, and then that's when Matt discovers that Spectrum isn't working. So he radios back to Alex. Of course, Alex is saying, it could be any combination. Alex, I think something's wrong. I've broadcast the whole range of frequencies. Nothing's happening. And it must be a combination of frequencies. But that could take hours to find. We don't have the time. Wait a second. The first time the Rotex went on the rampage was when Scott was testing his bird caller. Get that frequency for me. Right, oh, Matt. Stay with him. Right. And Hondo kind of puts Dom to the obvious. Well, it could be a, that could be hundreds and take so much time. And so Matt then just remembers that Scott's bird caller has the frequency that triggered it originally. So that ends up having uh, Alex place a call to Scott and T-Bob. Right. And then... Uh... This was my favorite part of the episode. Rax actually hits something. He he hits the back of Thunderhawk while he's up in the air trying to sort out this uh, bird call frequency. Right. And Thunderhawk gets hit in the back. He has to make kind of an emergency landing. He lands on his wheels, but then it's he, for some reason he loses the the front wheel and he spins and does this awesome like barrel roll. Yeah. Doors flying off. I mean, it was an awesome crash. It was. Poor old Thunderhawk was done. Hey, easy, easy. Hey. I got him. I got him. It's really the first time that we got some 
some major damage. I think we've had Switchblade crash a couple times, but nothing like this where you got like parts flying off and doors flying off and I mean it was a it was some awesome animation. Right, and on top of that we finally get to see besides his fearfulness, another good emotion from Rax, because you know Rax is usually dry and sarcastic. Right. But now he's like, I got him. I got him. And he's like dancing around. Yeah. Like, it was actually awesome to see. Right. And then there's a little suspense there. They don't kind of resolve that right after he crashes. They cut back to T-Bob. He's building the brick house now right. back at the uh, mansion to protect himself from the Rotex. And then we get a the call from Alex onto T-Bob's communicator to Scott saying, you know, we need your frequency. So then we come back to the crash site, and Miles is kind of reveling at Thunderhawk being down on the ground, and he's helpless, and I'm going in. Fantastic. He's helpless. I'm going in. Uh, Alex, I'm in a bit of a tight spot here. And I got that kind of impression like he's going in to finish him off, you know. Right, exactly. We don't really, we, we haven't got too much of that, you know, kind of tension. Uh, through the first uh, eight episodes now. And then Alex tells Scott to quickly play that bird call frequency into the microphone. And uh, Miles comes in. He's getting close. And he's like, I know you're not a hologram this time. Right. And then Matt's right, bo- right back behind him, urging him to, you know, come on. <laughs> I see Switchblade. And Matt uses his spectrum to shoot that signal, and it activates the Rotex inside Switchblade. Right, and he quips, you know, looks like I really bugged Mayhem. <laughs> yeah, but that was another cool animation scene there where you have the Rotex eating the inside of Switchblade. It, you see Viper, the Viper mask all cracked up. Yep. The, rem- the remote that he was using to control him gets eaten. The, the Switchblade windshield, like, falls out. Right. This and is all. Then the bugs, and then the bugs drop on Sly and uh, Piranha as uh, Switchblade goes swooping down and crashes. And Miles pretty much just walks away, which I thought was they really didn't show him like bailing out or anything. No. But uh, but that was a pretty intense scene there too. Right, and then we see uh, him uh, run up to Rax, and he says, "Run!" But Rax jokes, "You mean bug out?" Hey, and what you doing up there? Uh-oh. Ah, get him up! Get him up! Run! You mean bug out? Huh? What's going on? Just get us out of here. Huh? Then Dagger kind of approaches, finally, after the jet rocket, I guess, diminished. He's he kind of making a run back and finds Rax and Miles running up the road, and they take off. And then Mask, you know, back at the, with the colony of Rotex, Matt modifies the frequency and calls the Rotex back into the box. And then he takes off the Spectrum Mask and kind of, I kind of think of it as he just sacrifices it. He puts it in the box, and then all the bugs get in, and they close it up, and they're done. Right, and then as soon as the episode ends, they, instead of kind of doing a whole different PSA that has nothing to do with any part of the, the episode, 
they cut back to Scott and T-Bob with the little brick house, and they do the, the public service announcement there with T-Bob hitting a brick and having something hit his eye. Wow, T-Bob! This sure is a neat anti-Rotex box! My eye! It's busted! I'm blind! I'm blind! I can see again! I'm fixed! You're lucky, T-Bob. A human eye can't be fixed like this. Scott, I'm glad you were wearing your safety goggles. Dad, I always wear them when I'm using tools. It always pays to play it safe. I kind of like that little segue into the PSA this time. Right. I, I really appreciated that what, you know, that they actually incorporated this PSA. It's uh, like you said, it's not something that just kind of uh, always stood out. Like it was an oddball something, but this actually meshed very well. And uh, uh, again, a uh, good line that says it always pays to play it safe. Yep. So yep. what I know we've been kind of anticipating even on our own, uh, what kind of rating we're going to give this. What would you give it this week? Well, I believe I've given just one five before this episode, but I'm going to give this one a five just because we've seen, we, they've broken out some new stuff this episode. We get to see the the tandem vehicle. Um, we get to see the firecracker motorcycle. It was a, it was a good plot, I think. Uh, involved the military and it had a little part with the PNA at the beginning. The sides are pretty even. You know, there's, uh, I think, five agents on Mask and, and three on Venom. We didn't see Vanessa this episode. but um, And then the vehicles are kind of four to three, so it's more even this time. We saw some great animation with the vehicles transforming and the aerial shots. And then, of course, the crash we talked about and the tension with the finish-off scene there where Miles was getting ready to, to let Matt have it. Um, and then the way it ends, I mean... Miles and Venom just kind of walk away with their vehicles destroyed. So now what? You know, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in Episode 9, if they're going to kind of carry that destruction, uh, or if they're just going to you know, start back up like nothing happened the last episode. But I guess we'll see what happens uh, coming up. And then what we talked about with the integration of the, the public service announcement at the end. Uh, the only bad thing I have to say was Matt was a little... You know, too easygoing sometimes to me with the one-liners, especially in the scene with Miles ready to finish him off. I think if he would have panicked a little more there, it would have made that scene uh, even better than it was to begin with. Right. So, what was your rating? I'd, uh, if I could go higher, I would, but I'll have to go with five. <laughs> like you said, I, I concur on everything, uh, but the only thing I would actually add is I really liked the mortality of everything, the people, and especially the vehicles. I mean, we saw a little bit of damage before. We've not seen this mass destruction to the mask or Venom vehicles like this before, and I really, really liked it. They finally came up with an awesome episode that, well, just like any good old movie, you see the destruction. You see everything break down. You see the good guys, even the good guys, lost a lot of their their vehicles. Uh, right. You see, you see the sacrifice. I mean, really, they sacrificed Thunderhawk in a manner speaking, and they truly sacrificed the Spectrum mask with the bugs just to make sure that you know, they caught all those metal-eating bugs. Uh, and then, like you said, the PSA actually flowed with the whole scene. It wasn't something just thrown on at the end. Yeah, it was a good, good episode. Uh, 
one of the better, might be the best one we've seen so far, in, in my opinion. I would have to agree with you there. Some similarities that we saw in this movie, there's a lot of similarities between our movie and this episode I saw. I don't know about you, Jason, but... Yeah, I saw I saw a lot of similarities, too. Um, I think the main thing I took away that I kind of remembered when we were you know, first writing the script and stuff was that Thunderhawk crash scene. And I believe we mentioned before that we have kind of one in the movie. And I think this might've been what spawned our idea or at least the, the concept behind the, the crash scene in the movie, this, you know, almost total destruction of, of Thunderhawk. Uh, it was just very violent. It's, you know, it seemed like, uh, especially for, you know, mid eighties and you know, the way the, the cartoons were back then, they really didn't show it. There was the collision with Brad and Gloria when Gloria got hurt. Right. But that was even off screen. It, we actually exactly. never saw a wreck like this. Exactly. So that's what's, that was so great about adding this, just one crash scene in here. It, it really made everything kind of visual. Right. And we also have uh, switchblade crashing in the movie. Uh, right. We also use the, uh, tandem car, uh, there is a Venom spy in the agency uh, that we're using. Uh, I don't know if you saw any more. That was about all that I uh, saw. We've had we've got uh, a few votes in the poll this week. Um, we've had seven votes, four votes for a five, and three votes for a four. So that was uh, they're pretty much right on our track as well so far. We've got a couple days to vote left, and we had one comment from our buddy Anna. Right, and she says, I have the impression that a lot of Mask fans have this as one of their favorite episodes. But it's not one of my favorites. Ooh, we got a little drama already. <laughs> the episode is okay, but nothing unusual happens in it, like in last week's episode where Gloria got hurt. And it's not exciting enough to be ranked above average. And one more thing, Vanessa isn't in it. We know she's a big... <laughs> we know that Anna is a big Vanessa fan. If you haven't seen... Uh, yeah. talk with her, uh, check out her Facebook and you'll understand why. Uh, but anyway, we continue. I always used to wonder why they would cut her out much more often than they would cut out Rax or Dagger. It's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I can see, <laughs> I can see why she doesn't, uh, you know, rank it higher with Vanessa not in there, but right, well, I kind of disagree that it wasn't exciting enough to be ranked above average, um, especially with the, you know, and we've got the luxury of experiencing the first, you know, seven episodes up to this point. We get to see the eighth, and there's new stuff added to it. So somebody coming in might not see the new stuff that we're seeing that kind of got me excited about it. But we'll uh, respect her opinion. Right. You know, just because we like it doesn't mean, you know, we all have our own right. views and, and I'm not picking on Anna or anyone, any other mask fan whatsoever. You know, we all see things differently, of course. And maybe she just uh, wasn't as uh, maybe it just wasn't as interesting to her as uh, the last episode, you know, right? which is fine. You know, look at Jason and I, we voted different uh, here. What an episode or two ago, vast different. Right. We voted of. I voted a four. You voted, what, a two on something? Two, yeah. So, you know? That was the Dinosaur Boy episode. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's fun to kind of hash these out and get the listener feedback to 
go along with what we're seeing because you know like you said we've agreed most of the time but I'm, I'm glad that other people are, are chiming in to, to help give us a little bit more perspective right and this is all fun we're enjoying this Jason and I oh, are yeah. having a blast doing these these mass casts you know and we enjoy the fans participating uh, you know with the comments with the voting it's awesome we're, we're having a awesome time whether you agree or not we, we love it and it's all just for fun exactly well that's going to about do it for this episode uh coming up next week we'll have mass cast 11 and we'll feature episode 9 which is the oz effect and in this episode venom uses a strange vortex machine to abduct a village of australian aborigines and force them as slaves to mine a valuable crystal so that sounds interesting and kind of off of what we experienced this episode. Yeah, almost sounds like it might be slightly leaning towards an Indiana Jones type theme. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. Temple I don't of remember. Doom. Temple of Doom, where they got the slaves, you know, uh, going after those uh, stones. So. Well, that wraps it up for Jason and I. We want to thank all of our fans, including that uh, special mass cast we had here a few days earlier there with the. Uh, Bill Fair, once again, we thank you for your time, and hopefully we'll get to have another round and another fun episode of Mass Cast.